Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the very first episode, the first edition of the Roll On Podcast. I am today's host, Max Hartman, joined by my co-host, my partner in crime, Austin Joseph. Austin. Hello. Glad to be here. We're finally doing it. We're finally doing it. And and finally is a is a very uh, key word here, Austin. I agree. Um, this podcast has been a long time in the making. <laughs> That a little has. over a year, it's, I would say. It's been rolling for quite some time, you could say. Rolling on, rolling on. And we are going to continue to roll on. Uh, that is the the uh, how we got our name. That is where we, we came to eventually here. But uh, this really came about uh, last year. I believe it was this time last year, maybe a little bit later in the year, in the fall, as we approached Nate Oates' second season in charge of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh you came to me with an idea, uh, a little a twinkle in your eye <laughs> I did. of what you thought could be um, a great idea for us um, and, and hopefully the, the Alabama basketball community. You want to tell us yep. a little bit about that? Oh, I mean, I think it's obvious. We're in some pretty exciting times when it comes to the, uh, the potential of the Tide and the basketball program. Uh, just for some context, Max and I went to school during the hashtag buckle up era, <laughs> and that was a different level of excitement. But uh, I think, yeah, I think as soon as Oates got hired and obviously the Sweet 16 run, we realized, hey, you know, there's there's uh, some cool things going on. So I came to Max with the idea. There's not a ton of Bama basketball content out there. And it'd be great if we could just recap it or talk about it or, you know, even maybe give some uh, some scoops and some recruiting stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're finally getting around to it. We were going to do it last season. Here we are. I'm kind of glad we didn't because it was a disappointing season. So uh, <laughs> this season is full of potential, both good and disappointing <laughs> potential so a lot of optimism there yeah there's a lot yeah. of reasons to be optimistic this year i mean exactly coach Oates coming into his third season now as the head coach of the crimson tide has done more in his first two seasons or first three seasons this will be his uh fourth season in charge of the tide and has done more in his first three than i would say uh the previous previous two head coaches combined ever did in their tenure um, For sure. We're going back all the way to Mark the Mark Godfrey he's, area. He's getting close. Yeah, <laughs> He's getting close. I mean, as a person, he's already surpassed Mark Godfrey uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> so that's, that's a step up. We're going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, well, I did hear something funny that if you, uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he has a tendency to like certain, uh, a certain demographic of tweets, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he's a great dude, great coach. Um, very excited about the season. That's true. No, and let's talk a little bit real quick about um, just a quick little recap of last season. Uh, was obviously a little bit disappointing uh, coming off two seasons ago where we did have that glorious Sweet 16 run the SEC regular season champs, SEC tournament champions for the first time in what's felt like forever. Um, Last season, 19 and 14 overall, a brutal out-of-conference and in-conference schedule. But the Tide hung in there. 
went five and four overall, knocked off Gonzaga, knocked off the defending champions Baylor. So that was the runners up and the defending champion. Knocked off Houston in dramatic fashion. That game this year in Houston going to be extremely exciting. Um, Tennessee, LSU, and then the two very sad losses to dreaded rivals Auburn and Kentucky. Um, disappointing. And then a quick exit in the uh, SEC tournament, also very disappointing, and a quick exit in the NCAA tournament in the, to the first round, uh, Notre Dame dropped that game in the round of 64. So overall, uh, a lot of excitement, a brutal schedule, and and a tough ending. And I think we're all really excited to see what Coach Oates is going to do here in year four. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I definitely had high hopes for last season, as I'm sure a lot of Bama fans did. And to say that we underachieved is probably a, uh, you know, an overstatement. Um, so... Yeah, excited to see. I mean, Namari Burnett this year will be a, a welcomed addition in, in addition to the freshmen and everyone. Um, but yeah, losing to losing in the SEC tournament to that Vanderbilt team, and then obviously losing to Notre Dame at the end of the season, not a uh, not a fun way to end the season. So, no, no, definitely not. And but I but I think it is it is poignant and um also another good reason why, why we wanted to make this podcast the fact that we are disappointed by making the ncaa tournament and <laughs> knocking off five top 25 teams and defending champs oh, like fair, that fair. just shows you the direction that this program is going at that 19 and 14 and getting to the tournament is no longer uh something that crimson tide fans want to see they want to see more they want to see uh, you know, deeper tournament runs, more, uh, you know, battling out uh, tougher for the SEC title. Um, and, and honestly competing in the recruiting on the recruiting trail. And that's something coach Oates has done consistently well signing this season. He's, uh, got the number five class in the nation and that is headlined by Brandon Miller, who I do want to touch on here as we get ready to talk a little bit about Alabama in uh, Europe. So as many of you know, Alabama uh, recently went to Spain, uh, Spain and was it Paris, I believe? Yeah. yeah. They were in Barcelona and Paris, France to take on the Spanish national team, the Lithuanian national team and the Chinese national team um, over there in Europe. Austin, did you have any initial thoughts you'd like to talk about? Yeah. I mean, Hashtag rolling through Europe, right? Was the uh, was the blog title, which was great. Um, yeah, I thought it was a very successful run in Europe for the team because I think uh, the first game, a lot of people were upset it wasn't um, televised or streamed anywhere. Um, I had some people texting me, sending me pictures of this really weird third party app that was tracking it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got a couple of those. Like, yeah, it sounded like uh, the the main uh, takeaway from the first couple games was, you know, we got some dudes, um, including yeah, the guy that you just mentioned. Um, yeah. You know, I think his uh, his you know Brandon Miller. I think his name in the uh, the weird third party tracking software was like Diaz Harrow or something. So people were a little confused <laughs> on who this Spaniard we picked up was, but uh, 
yeah, DDH, Brandon Miller, he's going to be great. Absolutely. I mean, and I think there was, you, you made a great point. There was a lot of cohesiveness, which I think was absent a lot of last year. You know, you come off a season where you lose guys like John Petty, the third, uh, Herb Jones, um, Josh Primo, who really had amazing team chemistry along with Javon Quinterly and, and others as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you come into last season, a lot of new faces and, at times it just didn't feel like everybody was in sync. Um, and coach Oates actually talked about that. Uh, I read a quote that he said, um, after, um, the whole European tour was over. Uh, he said, quote, we really got to make sure everybody is bought into whatever they can do to help the team win. I think we got uh, a little off track with that last year. I think we had some guys really concerned about their personal individual stats and goals, uh, I think they uh, could see the year before when everyone just cared about the team, the individual stuff got taken care of as well. Uh, talking about that European trip. So, I, I mean, it's hard to replace guys like Herb Jones, uh, John Petty, like I said, Josh Primo as well. Um, all three uh, playing at some level right now in the NBA, obviously Herb Jones, an amazing rookie season. Uh, Josh Primo had a great year and John Petty is, is working on that, getting into the, uh, the league. Um, <laughs> we'll see if he he's officially, he's, he's, he's doing a great job in Birmingham. Very proud of him. Um, but no, but seriously, you know, uh, Javon Quinterly, we looked for him to take that jump. And at times it looked like he was about to make it last year. Really unfortunate that he had that ACL tear, um, at the end of the season, um, we're still hoping that he comes back strong this year. Um, but it does look like guys like Brandon Miller, guys like Mark, Mark uh, Spears, or Sears, Mark Sears, the transfer from uh, the University of Ohio. Um, and then, uh, you know, Namari Burnett, you mentioned him, are really, you know, playing well together. Uh, and let's not kid, uh, those Spain and Lithuanian teams weren't top notch, but the Chinese national team, that was their, like, those were their number ones that the guys were up against. And, and we played them tough. Uh, we ended up getting the win. Yes. Ended up getting the win 89 77 actually against the Chinese national team. Um, and the team was losing in the beginning of that game. Uh, they, they were down for a bit. That was the only time that they trailed um, any of those three games, but they bought, they battled back. Brandon Miller ended up getting 21 against China. Uh, Noah Gurley, um, he had double-figure scoring in all the games. Um, he had a double-double against China. So I love to see the fact that um, – oh, Noah Clowney. Sorry, apologies. Noah Clowney had that. I love to see these guys uh, you know, getting a, a chance to um, – uh, really, really shine on a national level um, and get this kind of quality basketball in the summertime. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I think the important thing too is, like you said, we won, like we didn't lose. I think a lot of times coming into the uh, preseason, you hear a lot of headlines that are like, oh, so-and-so lost to uh, this team. So-and-so lost their preseason game to this team. So the fact that we didn't even have any of those headlines was great. I think <clears throat> Auburn. Auburn, yeah, Auburn losing to Israel was a, was a big deal in certain circles. And then uh, I think the only thing that could have been, you know, more shocking was if Kentucky had somehow lost to the uh, Bahamas team they were playing. But that might have been because Oscar Shibley was 
too busy signing all of his NIL content over there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, going undefeated in all these games, even the meaningless ones, it's important. And going back to your point about replacing talent, yeah, last year's team had way more talent to replace, in my opinion, than than this year's team. Like J.D. Davison, obviously a great player, but I think, you know, Mark Spears, Spears has a chance to just jump right in there and kind of replicate a lot of the things that J.D. gave us. And, uh, you know, at times, were we relying on Keon Ellis? Sure, but not as much as we were relying on Herb Jones the year before. Um, you know, Keon could have a bad game and we'd still win last year. Two years ago, Herb has a bad game. There's no chance we were going to win. So, yeah, I'm really excited about the potential of some of these new freshmen as well as new projected starters that are going to take over for uh, for Ball and Oates this year. Yeah, and you mentioned Herb Jones, um, you know, the missing him. Uh, something that Coach Oates mentioned after the European tour as well was the fact that, you know, the team looked a lot better defensively and they had to get better defensively. When Herb was commanding that defense, you know, we were third in the country in Kempom for defensive efficiency. Last season without Herb Jones, the team went, uh, was 92nd. So that is a huge area that, of improvement for this team. And it's good to see that, um, you know, the coaching staff really likes what they saw. I think that they did excellently from what was able to be seen, uh, from Europe. Um, so that, that's going to be a huge emphasis because coach Oates, style of basketball depends so much on having a solid defense because it's those quick shots, right? Quick decisions, low, uh, you know, short shot clock, um, and, and shooting a lot of threes, a high percentage or a low percentage shot. Right. So, um, you gotta, you gotta rely on a stout defense. So it's good to see that the coaching staff really likes what they're, what they're seeing out of the, uh, the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Pace and space. That's what he's about. So we'll see. Yep. And another thing that I wanted to talk about or just kind of pose to you is, you know, we talk about losing a lot of leadership last year. It's going to be a while before Javon Quinterly comes back. Who, who is, who's going to be that guy to step up this year and, and really kind of take on a leadership role, um, whether that is uh, vocally, whether that is by play, who do you think really needs to step up and kind of jump in there? I mean, Darius Miles would be nice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, although, yeah. Well, it's funny you know, that you say that. Oh, it's funny that you say pick? that. Be- well, no, I was going to say it's because, because uh, again, Oates did mention that the most vocal leader in Europe was Darius Miles. <laughs> of the 12 guys that Alabama took to uh, Europe, so they took 12. Eight of those guys were new to the team this year. So a lot of, again, a lot of fresh faces. Darius Miles, though. And I'm not surprised by the vocalness <laughs> from Darius Miles. <laughs> kind of glad that he's like just speaking, speaking up. Um, if somebody's got to do it, right? I don't think it's going to be Charles Bediaco. No offense to Charles, we love him, but he's he seems a bit more uh, a quiet, dominant guy down low. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the obvious answer is is probably going to be either you know JQ or possibly even, you know, the senior in, uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, transfer in Mark Mark Sears. Sears. Yeah, that, you know, 
guys that are going to run the offense. But, I mean, if Nick Pringle comes out there and is our best player, if, if you know, Brandon Miller comes out there and is clearly our best player, like, there's a way to lead by not only your, you know, your words, but your your actions on the court and just giving your team faith that, hey, I'm that guy. I want this. Um, you guys follow me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Quinterly, he's he's probably the easiest choice, but you got to remember he's coming back from that ACL. He may not be 100%. He's definitely not going to start, um, you know, the first couple of games. And by then we might have our rotation set. He's going to be the, the guy figuring out his way back in. So it doesn't really make too much sense for him to be that that vocal leader. But yeah, what do you, what are your thoughts? No, and I I agree with you completely. I think I I, I do look at Mark Sears um, as a guy that really needs to quickly get familiar with Coach Oates' system. Like he's a senior, he's a transfer, he's been he's done this now. He gets this um, you know college basketball life. Um, obviously doing it in the Mac is different than coming into the sec. And we'll talk about that in just a second, but, um, I think he's got to really step up. It's going to take JQ a while before he can get back up to speed and have that explosiveness to kind of be an actual productive person on the team. But, um, there's no reason that he can't also be that leader in the locker room for these guys. He's been there. Um, he's, you know, gone through a lot of tough times, you know, starting with Villanova, coming to Alabama, winning high, expected a lead last year, fell short of those expectations. So it'd be great to see him come back this year and, and really dominate. But one other guy um, that we kind of have left off, and I don't think it's, you know, uh, by any means trying to be insulting or anything, but that's Jaden Bradley, uh, five-star point guard, uh, third uh, in his position ranked, uh, ranked third in his position. Um, this guy absolutely could be a stud for us. And he's probably, if JQ was coming back, he's probably still the second choice um, ahead of Javon Quinterly to kind yeah. of be that point guard. Um, just a freak athlete. Absolutely amazing. I'm excited to watch him. And maybe he becomes that leader if, you know, we, you know, it's great to have point guard depth. I feel like Alabama the past few years, we've had some really good point guards. You talk about JD Davidson, you talk about Colin Sexton. Um, Alabama's always kind of had a, uh, a good point guard, even back in, in our days, you know, you think about retino Basahan, <laughs> those yeah. guys, right? Ron Lacey, Steele. um, Ron Steele, you know, um, so to finally have those, some depth behind, uh, the, the, the starter, right. Whether that be Sears, whether that be Quinterly, whatever to bring in a freshman like Jaden Bradley, who, who knows, could be the starter day one. If, if coach Oates thinks he's the best player for the job, which I believe coach Oates is going to play the best player, uh, in the position, not necessarily give into seniority or anything like that. Um, cause that's what makes most sense. Cool. Um, well, transitioning real quick here um, to kind of our last subject. And that is really just kind of our expectations on the season, our outlook, how optimistic we feel. I mean, the sec this year is going to be a gauntlet like it was last year. There are um, four teams projected to fall into the top 25 um, at the beginning of the season right now. Uh, That's Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Alabama. All those teams are on Alabama's schedule, obviously. Luckily, we get um, 
Kentucky at home don't have to go to Rupp Arena. That's always a nice thing. Obviously, we go to Auburn, to Arkansas, get those guys at home, and then we do go to Tennessee. Um, another gauntlet of an out-of-conference schedule uh, for Alabama. Really looking forward to that Phil Knight Invitational, though. Michigan State would be Alabama's first opponent in that tournament. Will be Alabama's first opponent, so we get to go up against Izzo. And then the potential second-round matchup would be either Oregon or UConn, obviously two teams that have been in the NCAA tournament in recent years. Um, so it's going to be a gauntlet. What, what kind of – how optimistic are you feeling about, you know, our chances to, um, you know – kind of get back to the NCAA tournament, be competitive in the SEC, et cetera. I mean, check, check, check for me. Those are definitely all the expectations I see here. Projected preseason ranking of 20. I think, you know, preseason doesn't mean anything until the actual season starts. But if we kept that ranking or or achieved that ranking at the end of the season, I think I'd be pretty happy with just the age of this roster and just the, the strength, like you said, of the SEC this year. Um, I don't know if we're doing SEC, you know, predictions pod or what of where we'll finish. But yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to be right up there with Auburn and Arkansas, obviously is the best teams in the West. And then who knows um, when it comes to the rest of the SEC, but yeah, if we finished the season 20 and made the tournament, and like you said, the Phil Knight Invitational, if we beat the teams that we're supposed to beat and are competitive with the teams that we're supposed to be competitive with, I think last year we had a potential to rise up to our opponents. Obviously, a lot of top 25, uh, even like top 10 wins against teams mm-hmm. that were just great. You know, um, like we said last year was disappointing in, in yeah, we ways, so... but also, I mean, we got the highest of highs at times too. We were, we were jonesing. So, um, dude, uh, that's you, why the, low, the lowest of the lows were that much dis- more disappointing. So, but yeah, winning a couple games in the Phil Knight. You know, beating, I mean, beating teams at home and potentially the last year of Coleman would just be, would be great. And um, yeah, not losing to an unranked Memphis team and not losing to Auburn twice and (laughs) not losing to Kentucky. Like those are the kinds of things, I guess, that um, expectations wise that I'm, I'm hoping for. Absolutely. And great point. I do think we will have our uh, SEC projections po- uh, podcast eventually here. As soon as the full schedule is released, we can kind of go through it, really examine and, and give a good prediction of where we think Bama will fall yeah, uh, among the rest of the SEC teams. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got time. It's, it's August. It's August. We got football first, obviously coming up very exciting time as well. Um, but I think, uh, Hey, episode one, not bad, right? Everyone, thank you so much again. Tune in to our next episode. Uh, We'll be talking a little bit more about the um, Alabama team uh, this coming fall and winter for um, their final season in Coleman Coliseum. I do think we need to have an episode where we kind of break down maybe the uh, top moments from Coleman Coliseum. Oh, yeah. Uh, We can can dig through the history books. That'd be fun, right? Five pals, baby. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. So... Until next time, uh, signing off. This has been Max and Austin. Austin, And thanks for listening. And Austin, thanks for (laughs) listening. (laughs) Rolling, Rolling on.